Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by the one and only Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, the Match 5. How excited are you? Plus, Sam Burns wins again at the Sanderson Farms Championship. We catch up on our winners and our losers. Looking to bounce back at TPC Summerlin this week for the Shriners Children's Hospital Open. Also, we'll touch on local golf. We had Michigan and Michigan State boys and girls college teams in action, plus the mid-ams going on for both guys and girls. So we'll recap that as well. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast at theticketnorthernmichigan.com on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. If you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. Let's go. Why is gambling on golf so hard? Are we going to talk about that today? Yeah, I mean, we might as well say we can just round it into all sports because I just suck at gambling. I'm so sick of this stupid activity. What are we doing here today? This is a Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm behind the behind the Iron Curtain here in Chicago, invisible to Hunter. So, which should aid in our quest here to create some good content but i was thinking that i would actually hinder us wouldn't it well there might, there might be more we might interrupt each other more than usual because we don't know we won't, is that be, even, we won't be able to see each other is that possible though i mean come on that is that's <laughs> yeah. this is the whole podcast is just a series of interruptions that's very true well anyway thank you for letting us interrupt your day and talk a little golf what do we where would you like to start hunter are you your mic one chair one first chair oh wow lead the way okay um your your honor your honor if that is if that is the case then i would like to talk about the golf trip for a little bit that was uh we i just got back uh yesterday late uh late yes. what was the best course you played in hilton head it wasn't even close like i think you should like the next time you go see joey you need to drive up there and play this golf course. You need to go play Atlantic Dunes. It's the Davis Love redesign. Uh, it was so good. So, so good. Um, is that the one you sent me the panoramic picture of? That is, yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, Looked like there was a lot of water on that property, Hunter. Yeah, so that was actually... There was a lot of water on the property. Uh, funny enough, there was a second golf course on property, and that was the where the panorama I sent you that was actually of that golf course. So we were standing in front of that golf course, like ready to go off in our tea time. And the guy's like, wait, you're, <laughs> you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> so, so, uh, we, that was actually Heron point. Um, and we played Atlantic dunes and it was, and cool. Leave it to you guys to go to the wrong first tee. Yeah, no, totally. No, that, yeah, it's pretty spot on. Um, that we, it's actually the, uh, the original, the first golf course on the island was the ocean course, and that is Atlantic Dunes redesigned. So it, it was, so it has, has a little history to it. Uh, the greens were so good, so, so good. I mean, if you, if you had a down grain, downhill putt, it was fast, 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 fast. Um, Love to lay out. That always makes golf more fun. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm actually, we could go both ways. And I think, I think after a while, I would get a little, 
maybe I, I, it lose its lust just because we only played it for a few times, but I actually don't mind putting on Bermuda greens. I think it almost, when you're putting downhill, down grain, my confidence level goes through the roof. Like maybe not even down, not, maybe not even downhill, but if it's down grain and everything just feeds it towards the hole, I do feel a ton more confident that I'm going to make that putt. I know you, it could go vice versa and, and like back into the grain, it does feel it, it does feel like it's trying to push it away from the hole, but I feel like I, I mean I, I didn't make many putts, but like I made the ones made the ones the downhill down grain putts that do feel like they're really easy. Were you out there down there shooting low scores, tearing it up? No goodness, no, no. We did win. I mean the Europe we were uh, ole ole ole. The Europeans uh, it was a Ryder Cup, uh, a six v six uh, Ryder Cup. You're not your. You're not European. I was for I was in Hilton Head for a matter of uh, probably about eighty hours. I was I was as European. Can't you just be like shirts versus skins or white versus black or do you need to be American and European to play out the full Ryder Cup theme all the way through your trip? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think uh, I, I think it's, it works Did you out. Speak in an accent all weekend. Uh no, I didn't have much of an accent. I wouldn't say. You um, only drink I, Irish whiskey. Um, no, we, we drink, I drink a lot of, uh, domestic American beer is what I did. <laughs> so, like a true European. <laughs> like, a, like a true, like a true European. Um, very nice. So, so yeah, we, we did, I played okay, but it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of team events. So it was, I'm trying to, th- we played 36 holes on Friday. So first, I guess, first off we played, we, we got there, we, I left on Wednesday at two o'clock and we drove down drove through the night and got there at like 9 a.m 9 30 a.m uh thursday morning we ended up playing at 2 p.m at a course called oyster reef which is on the north side of the island uh kind of right next to the airport that was a sweet little i like track. that name sweet little track i really liked it um the only thing that i, I don't love about the What's going to make me not like your golf course is if I can't hit driver on par fives and I wasn't able to hit driver on any, I, oh, I, I, well, let me rephrase that. You mean the course at which you are a member, like the course at which you are a member, i.e. Petoskey Bayview Country Club? Oh, I ripped driver. You can't hit a driver on six or eight. Well, I ripped driver on all four of those holes. You have to. what What do you mean you don't hit driver on six? What do you hit? No, 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 I mean, like, if you played there for the first time, you, what would you do? Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. You can't even yes. see it. Yes. So even, this was even more um, more exemplified than what Bayview has to offer as far as dog leg par fives. It was it was really, I think I did hit driver on every one of them, but it was it was certainly not designed to be played that way. And so that really does, I don't, I don't love the feeling of, like, the, the, I don't love that stuff type of layout um just because i feel like if you have a par five you're supposed to be able to hit driver and and try to get on two and you really i really felt like you you weren't able to in that situation but so then we we uh after after being up since since wednesday at 6 a.m i was in bed pretty early on thursday night by like by 11 a.m or 11 p.m midnight and then we played 36 holes on Friday. We played uh, 18 at a Robert Trent Jones golf course at Palmetto Dunes. 
and then we play at 18 at an Arthur Hills golf course, also Palmetto Dunes. I'll tell you what, Peter, that Arthur Hills golf course was uh, so drastically different than the Boyne, the Boyne Arthur Hills golf course, and I kept thinking about that while we were playing it. Darn near the the they had the rolling the rolling terrain on the, on the fairways, but the greens were the size of dimes. I think they made ba- they made Bayview greens look big in a lot of cases. Really, yeah, that is different from the hills. Everything at the everything at the Arthur Hills at Boyne is big, yeah. including the greens. Yeah, and the fairways were were pretty tight as well. And I don't really think it was I don't really think it was a property issue. Maybe maybe it was, but. The, the greens were very small, very, very tight, um, with a ton of undulation. So it was always, it's kind of funny to see the differences and obviously the same guy designed both, both golf courses and pretty, pretty, uh, contrast differences. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. and then we, we ended up going to, on Friday night, we went to, uh, you ever been to the salty dog? Cafe, I think. No. Have you ever seen those shirts? I feel like it's pretty. Mm, pretty maybe it sounds pretty, like something I should know, but I don't. You definitely. I feel like if you saw the shirt, you definitely would. So we actually went to that restaurant on Friday night, which I um, had never been to. Pretty good. It was nice for us to to get out of the house. I think that was that was our only time we left. Only time we left property besides golf course <laughs> and at, at the house. Um, ended up staying up until a majority. Of our house stayed up until six a.m. that morning, Friday morning, or I guess this would be Saturday morning now, and we had an eleven a.m. tea time ahead of Land Dunes. Some of the guys were struggling, uh, pretty pretty bad. It is well. It, I can't believe you enjoyed that round being up that late. Oh, that's insane, Hunter. I made, not, I made, I made very clear to say that some of the guys did. I was not part of that. I think that makes I more think sense. It I, didn't sound like you. I had think I had two bathroom breaks in the middle of the night before I still heard music playing like that like, that they were still up for. No, I. It sounds about it sounds about right for your crew. Yeah. The. The the brain want I feel like the brain wants to to it wants to be believe that you can you can go sit out and play golf in eighty five degree temperature with all that humidity and then drink all night but it's just not it's not feasible not for me at least no 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 certainly not no you talk yourself into that though over and over again <clears throat> for right. certain some of us do anyway I, I just can't say that I haven't done that myself. No, and I, and I like, but, I, no. I think at the end of the day, I'm really just, I'm like that much. I'm not like, I, I'm very competitive, but I just don't want to, yeah, I don't, I don't want to feel, uh, I don't want to feel crummy for a couple holes. <laughs> 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 I can't see you. So like, I'm sure you're probably like, stop, stop. I can't see you. You got the stupid little, got I know it's so camera. ridiculous. It's the most annoying Dor- thing. Dorothy did something to that, that damn computer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I the this last thing the last is, thing is airing on radio tomorrow night. I know Rufus was telling me. Rufus was Rufus was telling me. I the last thing I want to do on a golf trip is feel crummy while at the golf course. I I, I just it's I I'm, I'm fine. Wow, what a good word! I'm what a good word. Thank you. <laughs> I'm fine feeling crummy for a couple holes, but like, I just don't want to feel terrible for. 
like all 18 and, and especially like we didn't know much about Atlantic Dunes. We actually heard a couple people talk about it at the Palmetto Dunes courses. We were out the day before and said how, how much they enjoyed it. So we had very high hopes for it. And I think everyone in the group, they, those, um, those hopes and expectations were, were far exceeded. So it's always nice to go play one at least I would say like that's one I would totally recommend hundred percent. Those Palmetto Dune courses were decent. Maybe a, a little, a little pricey for what we got, but I, I do know it's kind of like the shoulder season as well. So you kind of got to expect that. All right. Well, now that you're done talking about yourself, should we move on to things that people actually care about? Nope. I do have one more thing I have to say. I have one more thing. I had my, <laughs> uh, my first ever, uh, truck stop shower experience on Thursday morning. No way. What a pleasant experience that was. I was blown away by everything about it. It was awesome. Why did you do that? We were, um, so we drove all, we, we drove all night. So I hadn't, sh- I mean, I, I woke up at 6 or a.m. on Wednesday and I, had, that's when I took my shower and I hadn't showered since then. So I, we were in, where the heck were we? We were, <laughs> we were in like North, <laughs> Northern, Northern North Carolina, I think is where we ended up to take this shower. And I, <laughs> They were $14 a pop and they, I mean, they give you, I think we, everything was fully clean. The nice thing is we walked in and we saw a cleaning lady in there cleaning the bathroom. So like they, they call your, they call your number and they say, uh, whatever it is, zero, zero, zero one is ready for, for shower two. And you go in there and you got like a full sink and, and toilet and shower and, it was spectacular, Peter. The water, the water or water pressure was great. The temperature was great. I had never done it before. It was sweet. I've actually slept at those places, but I've never gone in and taken a shower. So thank you for uh, giving me the lowdown on how that goes. Just in case I get in a tight spot sometime in the future, I'll know uh, what to expect. Yeah, next time you have a golf trip planned and you you drive all night, you can take a shower in a North Carolina. Oh, I'm sure that'll be coming up real, real, real soon in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid of flying. Right around the corner. Nor, nor am I. But honestly, Peter, after everything that I heard yesterday about like flights getting delayed and and just like issues with Uber, felt vindicated. And and, yeah. and then um, our our every single problem that we had on this golf trip was stemmed from transportation, like not not having enough cars or not having everyone. Like it was so that I I like kind of thanked myself that I did drive because we didn't have to deal with all of those issues yesterday and then and then we always had we always had a car to get to and from the golf course which was nice and so I think if I if I had to do it again I'd probably drive again I would I would okay so now can we move on sure we can Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. Hunter's finally done talking about his trip to Hilton Head and showering at truck stops. Uh, whatever it is. So let's move on to the Sanderson Farms Championship, shall we? Right, since you were too busy playing golf and driving through the night and showering at truck stops, I imagine you did not consume a whole lot of the Sanderson Farms. Uh, I didn't consume much of it. No, like I, uh, I, I consumed Charlie Hoffman, not finishing top 40 
and then I consume. Well, I consumed the hell out of that hunter. Did you? Well, I'm good. I'm glad. Oh no, top twenty. My apologies. It was I, I had top twenty. I think he was top forty, didn't he? He did top forty. Yeah. Um, I had him top twenty, top ten, top five. Oh my! Well, I didn't have all those. And I can't see. I still don't. He did. I don't want to get too deep into it. It's just one player, but he was so bad with his driver. I was loading his shot tracker, and I know those things aren't the most accurate in the world, but there were times that he was on the halfway through his back nine in his round, and his fairways hit number was in the teens. You can't miss – note for next year, you can't miss the fairway at Jackson Country Club unless you are Bryson DeChambeau or – you know, somebody who literally just bombs, you know, way, 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 way down there. But yeah, no, uh, no luck for Charlie Hoffman. That goes into the uh, big old L category for both of us. Any other takeaways uh, from your distance? Sam Burns is good at golf. And and then also Cam- so Cameron, Cameron Young is good at golf. Those, good at putting. Those, uh, yes. So, I, I mean, I think... Uh, so if you you ask my big takeaway is I think um, Sam Sam Burns is an absolute force to be reckoned with for for a, a long long time. Um, I mean, guy's good. Guy's really good. I mean, it's yeah, it's nice to. It was so nice to hit that first victory. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure Gosh, those, those numbers haven't even been close to what whatever you got it at. Sense, no. I'm sure. No, I'm probably not going to be. He was the betting favorite last week, if you remember that, around 18 to 1. Mm-hmm. Not often that the favorite hits in an event like that. It's even, even I know that seems weird to a softer field, but usually those are more unpredictable in that sense. And, you know, the more difficult the golf course is, you know, the more likely the better players will rise to the top. But in this case, they shot even more under par than they normally would on that golf course. You know, they could have been 19. I know champ shot got to 21 there, but you know, for him to win at 22 under, it's pretty impressive. That's a couple wins now, a second and a couple, uh, maybe a couple other like top fives thrown in there all since, all since he won at Innisbrook, which was what, Last spring, I guess. Yeah, in the last seven and a half months, he has had two victories, two seconds, both those seconds at Byron Nelson in the WGC at St. Jude, and a third at the Genesis, among seven other top tens. Guys, kind of a little bit of a tear. So, hopefully, we'll catch a, a few more of these up and comers as we go through the odds boards here these next few weeks. These are the kinds of events that can lead to those kinds of winners. I know Burns broke the streak of, I think you had it last week, that it was six in a row for breakthrough winners at the Sanderson. So he obviously breaks that streak, but I think we're going to get some more opportunities here. Maybe maybe not quite as, as much as the Shriners necessarily. This is a pretty decent field, but uh, um, definitely at the uh, – at some of the other events in the swing season, for sure. Um, among my takeaways are that I like did it. I missed on so many placing bets. I didn't give it out, but I sw- I, had, I was sweating a Mullinax ticket, two hundred fifty to one. 
I never really felt confident it was going to hit. And had I been in Michigan where I placed the bet, I would have cashed it probably for something in the 20 to one range, but just further, you know, evidence that each ways are so important. Cause I think he ended up tying for fourth, which would have hit. And then on top of my Charlie Hoffman losses, I had to watch as CT pan came in and I just needed one more birdie on those last. I thankfully, I cashed the top 20 on CT Pan, but he needed just the one more birdie coming in uh, to end up in the top 10 for me, and he just couldn't quite get it done. It was a solid week for him. I, you know, I felt good about halfway decent about that ticket for most of the week, but ends up finishing four back. So some more, you know, some more L's. It was nice to hit the top 20 i was shocked that grayson sig didn't play better i know that's a pick that i gave out but that it was interesting because even though the scoring is really low there there were some guys that shot some really really high rounds so i think it reminded me that there are a fair amount of trees out there and if you get too far off the fairway you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble it was also interesting and i'm sure one of the larger takeaways for the golf community will be that incredible round by Zalatoris that he could not convert into a victory or even a, you know, a top 10 shoots 61 on Friday, takes the lead and comes back with a 72 even par on Saturday and a 68 on Sunday. I, um, I think it's, it'll be interesting to see the popularity, his popularity going, uh, to the Shriners this week because I believe he had a good a good finish there last year, but the people may have soured on him because I know a lot of people thought that last week was going to be his week, uh, particularly after two rounds. So they were probably invested in him a little bit. Yeah, I think he I think he t fifth last t fifth last year at uh, Shriners. Um, he's he needs to learn how to putt. It's, it's crazy how it's scary how good he is and he can't putt. Imagine. Well, let's look at the vital. Let's look just while we're on the subject. Let's look at the vitals. Uh, on Fantasy National, if you go last, you guys know I love the recent sample sizes. I can probably stop saying that, but last 12 small sample sizes. Last 12 rounds, he's first strokes gained total and and 29th in putting. Like his putting, I know his putting is herky-jerky. Is that, is that, and including, it's not, he just, that, is that including the 61 he just shot? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, obviously it's probably pretty damn good, pretty dang good at putting. All right, let's look at the last 24. Rounds. <laughs> probably go bigger than that. Willie Z, where are you at? I must have passed you. You can't be this far down. <laughs> that bad. All right, last 24. If we go to the last 24 rounds, 23rd strokes gain total, 21st tee to green, 69th in putting. Nice. So, child. <clears throat> not as good. Not as good, but like. You know, as we know, and you know, if you're a gambler, all it takes is one week with the putter. Oh, and he showed he can do it for one round. So it's not even one week. It's really, you know, like it's one or two rounds. I mean, look at the same goes for Sung Jay. Look at Sung Jay. Strokes gained total last 24. He's 20th. He has not had hardly any good results. He's 10th T to Green. He's 87th in putting. So, like, 
his approach is still hit or miss. It's, it's, it's but it's been if over the long haul, it's been his putter that's held him back. You know, so it's like these guys are just waiting for obviously all four parts of their game to come together in 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 one week. Yeah, and I, I really do. I do think that Zal Torres is good enough for even if three parts of those games, three parts of the game camp together really nicely, his putting could just be average. All I can all I can think about is just him. Remember what was that that clip of him like almost missing the the ball? And yanked it so bad off target. Maybe he pushed it, but it was like it was a two and a half foot putt, two foot putt, and he just completely whiffed on it from sometime this summer. Remember that? Yeah, that might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I still ultimately think we're. Pre- I, I gotta believe we're close to him breaking through. I'm not convinced it won't be this week necessarily though I, I have not there are a few guys that i have bet on already and he's not one of them mm-hmm. should we go what else from from the sanderson not a whole lot that i can recall should we move on to the shriners yeah no i, I don't really i don't really have anything I, I apologize for not having much input on the uh the sanderson no, that's okay. I don't think people care as much as I do anyway. So we'll move on to the Shriners, which is good, um, good field. You mentioned it, but this is actually a really good field. Like it's a nice field. And this is, if you thought this, if you thought the Sanderson was a birdie fest, this is even more so like, this is one of the lowest scoring weeks all year on the tour scoring average in the sixties on a par 72 golf course only gets out to 72 50 total distance on a par 72 and you're in the desert this is in tpc summerlin in uh uh, las vegas so i mean plenty of uh course history there are definitely some guys who play well year in and year out here um certainly among them webb simpson and kevin nah uh definitely come to mind Mar- party marty laird was the victor here last year i think that was 23 under 22 or 23 under um that was in a playoff uh beating austin cook and matthew wolf so matthew wolf probably again if you're in the gambling circles in golf is another guy that's gonna there will be some conversation surrounding him um going into the week so you know on all these if you think about what we're looking for this week on all these golf courses that go really really deep in terms of the scoring you know to some extent it's a putting contest um but i think the other way to sort of go into a birdie fest is just to rely on rely on form play guys that are in good form don't rely too, too heavily on course history, though. I think you can use some of that. Um, but like on a, in a birdie fest where you have to score low and, and make birdies, like your game has to be on point, right? I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to go really low when you're not playing well. So you might survive on a harder course, but I think uh, form should bear itself out. Uh and then certainly we can use some history to kind of break some ties if we're, you know, unsure about uh, betting one guy or another. So have you made any uh, 
any bets yet for this week? I have not yet. <clears throat> um, the the name that that first comes to mind, which is obviously seems super obvious, you already mentioned is is Kevin Na because of of how many putts he can make. Um, and then I think I will uh, rely mostly on form from there. I I saw you mentioned Matthew Wolf. I I'm is he is he playing this week? Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Well, that's good to hear. So I, I I'm not going to bet on Matthew Wolf. I don't think I, I know he he lost in a playoff here last year. He's actually like he's starting to find something. It seems like he was t seventeenth last week at Sanderson. Um, relatively speaking to what he to what to where he was and where he kind of got to, he's he's playing better. Um, I have I have such a crush on Victor Hovland. I might just keep betting Victor Hovland until he wins. I want uh, I want to be there when Victor Hovland first wins. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but. His form, it, I don't, I, I, I don't think the that O three and two record is indic- indicative of how Victor Hovland played at the Ryder Cup. Um, did he play the Dunhill? He did not. I don't think. I should clarify that, but I don't remember seeing his name. Definitely not going in the putting contest route with a pick like by Victor Hovland. No. No, that's more ball striking, and he does have good long form. You want to know where he? Here, let me. I'll pull it up. Thirteenth in strokes gain total for Victor Hovland over the past twelve rounds. Might not be long enough for you, Hunter, but and that includes a one hundred seventh ranking in uh, uh, strokes gain short game. So he's 19th off the tees, third in approach, which should serve him really well, 100th in putting. Oh, yeah. And uh, therein lies the problem. You can definitely – it is not like – you don't have to be great off the tee. I didn't look at the correlating statistics yet this week. Let me see if I can find that. But um, you don't have to hit a great off the tee here. And it's so short that you can you can play for safety and you can win, you can win here with irons and putting – Obviously, I mean that's why guys like Webb and and Na have uh, great uh, great history on this golf course. So let me see if I can effort that. I think Victor is just going to hit it so dang close to the hole that's not really going to matter. He's just going to. Well, you got to bite a twenty to one though. I know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not biting the. I'm not biting the. Um, I might buy on a top twenty. Do you know? Do you have that number in front of you? I will in a minute. I think you're going to be, I think, still think you're going to be, I, you know, minus 115 or something. I go take that. Scrolling through here, I'm not looking at, if I was going to filter this differently in terms of the strokes gain dead, I'd probably look at irons. And that's where your your story comes in on Hovland, being third in irons. The other guys up here, last 12, are Norlander, Pereira, Hovland, Bramlett, Casey, Scott, Straka, man, Straka can't finish anything, but he's seventh in approach, gaining almost a stroke around in, in approach. He's so cheap in DraftKings this week, so this might be a be- possible bounce back week for him. Revi, Leviota, there's Nah, there's Zalatoris. Um, a guy I bet already this week, Pat Perez and Webb Simpson in the in the low twenties. So you can win with irons and putting here for sure. I didn't realize uh, Victor Hovland was the betting favorite at this uh, this tournament. I have him at uh, plus 
125 to top 20. He should not be the betting favorite. I don't. I haven't seen that. I I'm an, on DraftKings. Brooks Kapka is the betting favorite as well. He should be a 16. I have seen as high as 20 to one. Yep. He's followed by Answer Simpson Gooey at 20, and then Hovland, or I mean at 18, and then Hovland at 20. Yeah, I got Hovland at 18. Answer at 20. Answer Burns Kepka, Ustase and Simpson all at 20. And then Scheffler's Altoris at 22. Interesting. Wow, 20 to 1 for Brooks at a TBC. Really? Yeah, but don't you always kind of fall back on, like he said it himself, like you just, I, I get so nervous betting Brooks at a, a non-major. He won in the desert on a TBC last year on TBC Scottsdale. I, I'm not, not like to say he's not capable. It just feels like he – it it you lend yourself to to getting exposed to like Brooks just maybe not being into it that week. Potentially, but you also don't get a 20 to one all that often. I, I see both sides of that. Um, I can tell you one of the guys that caught my eye and I need to look and check on the, on the form here because I don't see him popping into any of these statistical categories, but I like both the, uh, Chileans this week. Neiman has had a couple good weeks here. He did miss the cut once, but he's never shot over 70. It's based, this course is basically a par 68. You got to shoot like four under every day to even be in the top half of the field. So, you know, he was unfortunate to miss one cut of the three and the other two he's, he's finished in the top 15. Not that I'm relying on history, but he's also, I got, I clicked it right away at 45 to one. Um, because I just felt that that number was too high. I do really like this range, that kind of range that this week, the 40, the 30 to 60 kind of a range. I think that's a nice little sweet spot. I think there's some good opportunity in there. So Neiman definitely caught my eye. I did go ahead and bet that. And I think he's too quality a player for that number in this field. And he has been kind of strangely, uh, devalued over the past six months or so in terms of his uh where he's been priced so i think he does represent some opportunity it may be that i'm higher on him than than i should be and i know he's gonna have to put it well this week but um yeah i think he's he's priced where he is if you look at this he's 21st off the t 72nd in approach he is gaining against the field in every round but only barely he's 70th in a round again he's kind of flat in these categories 36th in ball striking this is in this field mm-hmm. um he's 75th in putting and he obviously feels somewhat comfortable on these greens because he has two high finishes here so like i think you look at putting alongside course history and if you have a guy who's had some high finishes on a golf course and he's coming in putting poorly you can you can to some degree scratch that off because he, he's probably comfortable on these greens if he's had high finishes. So to me, it just looks like you know he hasn't played in a minute. He's kind of struggling to close out the year. He may have gotten tired, and I just think forty-five to one is a great number. And then in that same area, I mean, can you even? You're not going to be surprised when you hear this, but see, we'll if you look at. 
Yes. Strokes gain total last 12 rounds. Steve was on another heater. <laughs> third in total, third tee to green, 13th in ball striking, 15th off the tee, 32nd in approach, chipping it good, scoring more DraftKings than any other golfer in the world over the last 12 rounds. And what's his only statistic that isn't great? His putting, 55th. Still not that bad. Still better. Still top half of this field. So, I mean, he's only nine thousand dollars in DraftKings this week, which right away I think is that seems like it's you know good opportunity. I mean, Sungjae's ninety two hundred for context. Hovland's ten six. Webb's ten two. And you know he is sitting there at forty five to one and plus odds to top twenty. So. You know, I really like Siwoo. I really like Neiman. And then I, I couldn't resist uh, betting Pat Perez because we're in Vegas. I believe he's in great form. It wasn't that long ago that we were betting him in, I think it was in Napa, and he burned me. I don't I don't care. He's, he's a highly volatile player. But 18th in the total over the last 12 rounds, uh, 30th tee to green, 21st in approach, a really important category this week. The only place where he's poor is strokes gained around the green. Not going to need it. He hit more than field average, hits more than 75% of these greens. I mean, everybody's on the green in regulation on this golf course. So um, if he can have a decent week with the flat stick, keep it in play off the tee, his iron should shine. And maybe he can get a little mojo going in his, you know, here in his backyard and uh, and break through in a tournament that, um, you know, we, we certainly wouldn't. I don't think people would be surprised for 150 to one. You know, I think it's pretty decent, uh, decent value. No, I, I agree, hundred percent. And this is a place where long shots hit. Party Marty won here last year and older guys. So not all breakthrough type of winners. Anyway, those are a few of the guys that I'm looking at. I'm going to play Webb and DraftKings because I can't help myself. Nas overpriced in DraftKings, so I'll probably fade him. I'll probably fade Brooks. I'll probably fade Answer because he's going to be highly owned. And then I'm going to hammer that range that I talked about. The only other guy that I didn't mention that I do think is mispriced and is interesting is Hideki Matsuyama. You guys know I back him a lot. He's another guy whose ball striking statistics are phenomenal. His putting has been dreadful. If you remember not that long ago, his putting was fantastic. So again, a highly volatile player on the greens. Can he get to 22, 23 under 24 under? I don't know, but I mean, he's one of the better players in this field and he's priced behind Scheffler, Zalatoris, Nah, English, Burns, Casey, all those guys in the outright market. And let's be honest, he's the better player of that, of that, the best player of that group. So well, any, uh, did you fall asleep? No, no, I did not fall asleep. I was just, uh, no, I did not fall asleep. Anything else that uh, you'd like to talk about regarding the Shriners? Yeah, I'm probably going to bet Neiman 
and uh, Pereira and Siwo for finishing position. They're all plus odds to top 20. Neiman 140, Siwu one plus 170, Mito plus 200. And I'm riding the Chileans and DraftKings. A lot of Neiman, Neiman, Mito stacks with Siwu in there. Give me all the monies, Hunter. Well, uh, well, best of luck to you. Can't wait for Charlie Hoffman to hoist the trophy on Sunday. Thanks for bearing with me. This is the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. Forgive me if I'm irrationally excited for the Shriders Open, but I'm finally done. And we can move on to Danny Willett winning the Alfred Dunhill in local golf. Let's go. Well, I do think I, th- I do think we need to um, quickly give some recognition to Danny Willett for winning at the old course this week at the Alfred Dunhill. I don't know if you watched any of that. Are you uh, did you did you catch any of that golf? No, but I'm sick about not having a ticket. Yeah, I love me some Danny Willett. I love to bet on that guy. Yeah, I mean, it looked like a a great top five. I mean, you got Danny Willett first, and then Hatton finished T second, Lowry finished T fourth, so. I don't. Uh, we don't talk about European the European tour much, but anytime, anytime they're at the old course, I will mention it. Danny Willett is like the Kevin Kisner of the European tour, in my mind. What same you- kind of the same swing, same ball flight, same like inconsistency with high winning upside. I know Willett won a Masters, and Kisner doesn't quite have that, but he does have. WGCs and other big wins, so well, I wouldn't be totally surprised if Kevin Kisner won a Masters or something. Uh, he's yeah. It would have to be kind of. It would have to be like a Zach Johnson type of Masters. Yeah. No, I mean I don't. I, obviously, you can get up and down from anywhere. What's going on with the local golf scene? Uh, not there wasn't a ton this week. I do. Oh, we do have to. We do have quickly shout out uh, PJ Maybank. I saw this past weekend. I like. I like had a double take, and that was not because of number of beers I had. I think he had. He had a hole in one this this weekend on a par four, three hundred and thirty yard par four. Uh, it was his fourth hole in one, and he's like sixteen. So congratulations to PJ. That's pretty cool. I usually try to make my hole in ones on par threes, but par fours are nice too. How many hole in ones do you have? Two. Four hole in ones by age sixteen. That's pretty. That's good. not a. That's not like a fluke. No, no, you're not. You're Including not. one on a par four. Yeah, no, the par four one really stands out. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I can. I detect the faintest hint of jealousy in your voice, Hunter. Can that be? I I think I would rather just be able to hit the ball 330 yards. I don't really care if it goes into a uh, a four inch hole. I, I just want I just want to be able to hit that far. Uh, yeah, he's a tall drink of water, so he's got a nice big swing arc, I'm sure. Oh yeah, uh, and then in the college scene, we did have a little bit of uh, a little bit of college golf that is currently taking place right now. Um, in for Michigan State, the uh, the boys team is currently in a T 
25th right now, I believe it is, through the first day. Yep, they are in fifth place through the uh, the first day of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish Classic. I'm not sure if you ever played there, Peter, at the Warren Golf Club. Yeah. I haven't. I've heard good things about that golf course, though, right? Yes. Have you played there? I have not, but the, I'm in the same boat as you where I've actually heard um, like, like fantastic things about, about their, their whole facility. Are, yeah, one of the better university courses out there, I think. Yes. So I think where are they at? Where are they on the leaderboard? They are in uh fifth place right now. With Michigan State, Notre Dame, I mean. Oh, where where is Notre Dame you at? They are currently in uh Washington leads the field of fourteen at thirteen under. Host Notre Dame is second at six under. Par 554. Utah. Utah is in third. Kent, Kent State is in fourth. Utah? Wow. Never would have guessed that they had a good golf program. Yeah. All right, Michigan State. Let's get, let's get a little rally going. Yeah, so uh, they still have they have this week, or tomorrow rather, well, my apologies, today, and then they play the week of the 17th and 18th and the 25th through the 26th. And then that concludes their fall season. And for the girls golf team, they are struggling just a tad bit. They are currently right now. They also played in the, um, the windy city, windy city classic, which the uh, women's from the women team from Michigan played in. They, uh, they did not play very well at the Windy City Classic, finished uh, with a score of 30 over par as a team. They have two more events, uh, one down in North Carolina, one in – or one in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, one in Willington, North Carolina, and, and then that concludes their fall season. The the girls' Michigan team is also at that uh, the Windy City Invitational in, in Wilmette, Illinois. They are seventh after round one. They are concluding uh, their round today. I, I will keep you updated on those scores. And then finally, the boys golf team for Michigan is in, I just had it. They are playing at the, the Rich, Harvard, Rich Harvest Farms Intercollegiate, which is in Sugar Grove, Sugar Grove Illinois. They <clears throat> were T8th after day one, 6th after day two, and T5th after the third and final day out of out of twelve teams, uh, they had three. That's guys, a decent showing. Yeah, three guys finished in the top twenty, so they are um, they're finishing strong here as the fall season concludes. That's a really hard golf course. It's a beautiful, beautiful golf course that's out in the countryside. I believe it's the home course for Northern Illinois. That is correct. Yep. Um, great facilities. The guy that built it has a huge barn out there with all these classic cars in it. Um, I've been fortunate enough to play there. Uh, awesome golf course. Really one of the, one of the better, so many good golf courses down here in Chicago land, but that's towards the top of the courses that I've played in, in this area for sure. And, uh, <clears throat> that's a good, that's a good showing. Who ended up? Who won that tournament, Hunter? Uh, Purdue won with a score of eight forty three minus twenty one, followed by Missouri, Wisconsin, Northern Illinois, and then in fifth place, T fifth place was Marquette and Michigan. 
And I believe that's yeah. uh, so. No, that we are uh, <clears throat> as I as I mentioned, we are the it looks like the end of the collegiate season for both boys and girls in Michigan is is sometime at the end of October, and then they'll take a uh, <clears throat> what appears to be like a four month break, and then they'll pick back up. They'll play a few winter tournaments down south, kind of in the February ish February time frame, and then they'll pick back up more full slate kind of in the march april time frame anyway let's get into the meat of the matter here shall we because you said there's a couple things in addition to michigan and michigan state boys and girls going on we had the mid-ams which i did see we got to get there's i don't want to get too carried away on this probably end up cutting it but you can't it's one thing to not be able to watch the Mid-Am and these USGA events. It's another thing not to be able to follow it almost at all. They just have like lame little live scoring updates. There's no radio. There's no coverage of the actual events. And yet there seem to be a great deal of us who are who are interested in, in what's going on at these events. So can, anyway, can you... Putting that aside, can you catch us up on what we did miss because we couldn't watch or listen? Yeah, so um, this this past week, September 25th through October 1st, uh, both U.S. Mid-Am um, for the men and the women were happening. Um, Stephen, um, or Stuart Hagstad, who I, I'm sure that name sounds familiar, he also won the Mid-Am in 2016. He's uh, He played golf at USC, um, and then he actually was, I think he's the, um, the only mid-am qualifier to ever make the cut at the Masters ended up um, the 2017 Masters. He finished 36th place, um, so he's an absolute he's an absolute stick. Um, he's like 21 and three now in um, in mid-amateur match play events. So I mean, then it's kind of funny because this guy has never never made the point to go pro. He's after even after that uh, that 36th place finish at the Masters. He he made it very clear he was going to stay. He was going to stay uh, an amateur, and had no had no ambitions of becoming a pro. So it's this guy's just really good at golf, and and I, I suspect we'll we will see his name in the amateur ranks for for I mean years to come. He's only he's he's low thirties. I think he's thirty one. Remind us again the site where they held this. Obviously in the south. Yeah. So this um, well no this was actually over in Massachusetts. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. Was that Man, time. they're playing through some, a little bit of, I mean, not ideal conditions. Yeah, Sanctity uh, had um, Sanctity had golf club over in uh, Mass, kind of near Nantucket, is is where they were. So, uh, fancy. Yeah. Um, congratulations to to Stuart. Like I said, I think we'll we'll see his name. He'll be he has exemptions now into the U.S. Open. The couple more couple amateurs coming up, the Masters. So uh, he does get rewarded for his um, his good finish. He actually was um, he was seven up uh, at the at one point in the thirty six hole match, five up at the after eighteen, and his opponent got all the way back to down one. Yeah, going yeah. In, going into seventeen. I saw that it was fun to. Uh, yeah, was, that's when I was seeing the tweets come down. I was like, you wouldn't believe what's happening at the you you know at the mid end. But of course, 
I really I, you wouldn't know what's happening at the mid am anyway because you can't watch it, you can't listen to it. I know that maybe it's a smaller group of people that are interested in that, but certainly those of us that are diehards and love junior and amateur golf as much as we love professional golf which would be interested in following a match i mean that is such incredibly high drama when you think he's gonna cruise and then all of a sudden the opponent starts i mean that's winning a lot that's that's a complete reversal of a match and that's why i think those 36 hole finals are really really fun because a lot can sometimes they're blowouts but a lot can happen in 36 holes yeah, and it's it's we were I was actually talking about this this weekend as far as golf coverage goes. You really only I feel like you really only need thirty six cameras, and they could literally be still cameras, just one on the tee, one on the green. And if that's all it was, and there was no audio, nothing, I would I would be, I'd be so okay with that, and I'd be okay with that for PJ Tour as well. I don't need to like see that. I just want to be able to to know that there's always a spot where I could see this green and this tee at all times. Well, I would listen to a radio broadcast of when you're in a final of the U.S. Mid-Am, it's one group. Yeah. Just have one guy walk around with a headset, follow the freaking group, maybe one other person, and at least provide that in a, in a digital application. But, hell, maybe that's something we can do if nobody else is going to step up and do it. Yeah, and obviously there's some interest because this was this broke the record. 2021 broke the record for the most ever entries with 5,339 entries, um, surpassing the 1997 mark. So I mean, there's this is a this is a, a big amateur event that you could you could easily say this is the um, second third second or third biggest amateur event of the year. For, for so how about the so that's going on on the guys' side? How about the ladies? Yeah. For the for the ladies, if you uh, if you remember, Peter, we had a a Michigan woman that was still in the field for the round of sixteen. Yeah, she was Kimberly uh, Kimberly Din from Midland. She ended up losing in the round of sixteen, two and one. The uh, the champion ended up being um, Blakesley Blakesley Brock from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. She took down uh, Aaliyah Clark, who was actually. Was was trying to be the first ever sixty fourth seed to win, uh, to win the the U S Mid Am for the women, um, but Blakesley uh, ended up winning five up, so I guess that'd be five and five and four in the. Uh, looks like they just played an eighteen hole match. So what's next for Kimberly then? She's she's still in. She's out of college or in college right now. She's out of college. Um, so everything that I read about. So she's. Uh, her uh job she works for dow chemical sounds like she's a pretty that's right pretty strenuous right. strenuous job yeah. and even even getting like these dates off for um the women's amateur or the michigan amateur and for this was was tough so i don't really expect her to, to do a ton else this season uh, I, I have a feeling that probably wrapped up her um her 21 her 2021 summer but I will. I will. Keep well, we'll, sh- well, we'll sure be following her next year when she plays in these same events. Then that's still a great performance to get all the way to the round of sixteen. That's cool to have. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I'll make it that far, and uh, <clears throat> um, cool to have a sixty-four seed make the final. Yeah, definitely. You don't normally see that even in a state am. No, you don't. And then. Um, and then finally, we had the uh, the GAM Tournament Champions. Uh, 
This was held at Travis Point Country Club uh, on Monday, October 4th. Uh, to qualify for this event, you had to win your, uh, your respective clubs, club championship. So for the men, uh, Chester uh, Vandenberg shot minus 567 to take home the crown. He was from uh, Portage. And then for the women, um, Miss uh, Chelsea Clora took home the crown. Uh, she shot even 72, and that name might sound familiar, Peter, because she was one of uh, the ladies to qualify for match play in the, in the U.S. mid-am. So she's obviously playing playing decently well. She to qualify. I think she she lost in the she lost in the round of sixty four, but was able to come back here and, and win the uh, GAM tournament champions on Monday. So congratulations to uh, to Chelsea and to Chester. Where was that event held? Travis Point. Uh, I have never played. I, I believe that is uh, Travis Point Country Club is in uh, more towards Detroit, Washtenaw County, Ann Arbor, rather. Surprised I haven't heard of that. I'll have to learn a little bit more about Travis Point. All right, so does that wrap up kind of the local scene then? Yep, that's all. Uh, that's all I got. Can we talk briefly about the silly the silliness regarding oh. Bryson and Brooks? I really Can I just say that my this is so uninteresting to me. Oh yeah, I really I could care less. I think. I yeah, really, I really could. I um. I saw people trying to hype it on Twitter. This is what you've been waiting for. And I'm thinking, nobody wants this. Nobody cares to watch these two jabronis play 12 holes and pretend, you know, like the, gosh, it just seems so contrived, doesn't it? I would rather have, I would, I would 100% rather have the two. I, I think that like the Peyton Manning and the Tom Brady's make it more interesting like the so the a full a foursome pairing rather than a 12 hole i don't even know what i don't even know what they're gonna i don't know it doesn't seem like a good idea no i imagine 12 holes because it will take them two hours i'm guessing i don't know if they're gonna stretch that out to three hours but three hours is too long and if it's two hours just have them playing nine holes if it's a nine hole match at least it's slightly less weird you know, like play nine holes and then have like a closest to the pit, you know, like a, you know, a chip off or, you know, something that's a little more fun and loose than just going and playing the first three holes on the back nine. I mean, that, that's so weird. And then, which they may not, they won't do that. They'll handle like 12 holes or whatever and do their own routing, but um, just goofiness. And I was glad to know that I wasn't the only one who reacted to this with not much of a reaction at all. Just sort of, you know, I did see some, I said I saw some people out there hyping it. I also saw some people out there saying, why would, why would, why should we watch this? Like, why, why do we, why do we care? And it's true. The only real, I saw somebody point out, the only real drama, you know, the real stuff between Bryson and Brooks would come out if they were paired together in a real tournament. When this is just a made-for-TV event and it's totally contrived, it's going to come across that way, whether they legitimately dislike each other or they don't dislike each other anymore. It's also weird that this comes on the heels of the Ryder Cup when we saw them Make embrace, up. if you will, however brief that was. But just the whole thing feels like a it's going to flop. 
and I'm sure people will tune it in anyway, but oh, I'm, this sure, is, I'm sure I'll watch. I, I mean, I'm not going to not go. This is a step in the wrong direction for these kinds of events. And you and I have long been calling for, I like the idea of amateurs. I like the pros and Joes. That's more interesting to watch a 12 handicapper play alongside a Tiger Woods or, or a Brooks Kepka or Bryson or whoever the case may be and get some damn ladies in this stuff. Let us put the women up on this pedestal and give them more of a chance to shine and grow the LPGA through the PGA tour. This is a perfect opportunity for them to be doing that. And they just keep missing those opportunities and it's starting to drive me nuts. We're going to have to host our own event nine hole treetops par three course the guys and the gals teams of two round robin you know like then or brackets or whatever and it would be really fun this doesn't feel fun it feels kind of lame i saw that there's um well, like there's always been that uh, Brooks has always said that he get, he gets bored after 12 holes, so that's that was always something that I, I thought maybe that's why I was 12. And then I also saw another um, another thought that maybe um, they met in the middle of how many holes each wanted to play with with Bryson wanted to play 24 and Brooks wanted to play zero, so, yeah. so they met at 12. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. Match number five. All right, man. Best of luck at uh, the Shriners. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. You can catch up on all our old episodes at theticketnorthernmichigan.com or on Spotify. And we're also on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast Season 2, Episode 3. Cue the yes flute.